There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses your stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at The Times. This episode of Right Lane is sponsored by the Scripps Howard Awards. The Scripps Howard Foundation and Right Lane are collaborating to spotlight some of the best journalism of 2019. The awards show will be April 16th in Cincinnati. In the weeks ahead, we'll talk with some of the Scripps winners on this podcast. Today's topic, what is multimedia? So we're at the Pointer Institute, and we're talking to Megan Loudit. Deputy Metro Editor of the New York Times, and Maude Bielman, Executive Editor of the Howard Center for Investigative Journalism at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism at Arizona State University. Whew, had to take a breath. Um, both were judges in the Scripps Howard Awards multimedia category this year, along with Lane. Uh, before they started ranking the 49 entries in this year's contest, they had to figure out what exactly a multimedia entry was. So uh, submissions included a cartoon magazine for kids from a Chicago radio station, playlists from inf influential female pop artists from NPR, documentaries from the Washington Post, breaking hurricane coverage from a Houston TV station, and interactive maps that show where you can afford to live in San Francisco. How the hell do you compare all that stuff? What, what, what did you guys decide? What is your definition of multimedia? I wanted to do this podcast because we sat there talking about this for several, many minutes before we sat down to judge because our, I think our category was probably the most disparate of, of all the entries. And, um, you know, is, is a documentary multimedia? Is a radio podcast multimedia? So, yeah, what, let's talk a little bit about, like, what we, how we decided what we were judging, actually. Well, I will say, so this is, uh, I've done this category for a number of years, and every year I have to do this conversation where we get there, we've looked at all the entries and we have to say, okay, how are we going to judge this? Because the, as you said, the entries are so disparate sometimes, like you get so many different things. Um, and there's not a lot of, sometimes it feels like you're comparing apples to oranges. Like how do I compare a, you know, 10 episode podcast with like a lot of data reporting with a documentary against like, you know, a very, a, a story that has a bunch of audio clips in it. Um, so I think that what we've come kind of come to every year is, you know, obviously multimedia means you use multiple types of media. Um, so it can't just be you have some photos and some text, but that you use um, different types of media to convey different different pieces of information. And I think what we're really looking for is smart editing and smart uh, synthesis of those of that information. So what you tend to see is a lot of people will send in these big investigations and you can tell there's a lot of work that's gone into it. But, you know, you get a map, you get a um, you get a full text story, you get a documentary, you get 
um, you know, maybe like some podcasts, you get, you get so many different pieces and they're all kind of repeating each other. And it's like, they've, they're showing all the work that they've done, but it's, it's not really a single story that you feel like you can experience. And it's very confusing for the reader. So I think what I'm like starting to look for and what you see at the top level of the, what you see in our winners are people who've you've really looked at the story and said, okay, what piece of media is going to convey this information best? I think that when I think about multimedia and my conception of it has evolved over the years as journalism has evolved and as the technology has evolved, um, is have we told a story um, in a way that we couldn't tell it in any other way? Say, if we had done it um, in print or digital online or a podcast, or a TV broadcast. And I'm talking about, you know, the very top echelon of entries or the people who are executing this craft really at the top of their ability. I'm looking to experience journalism in a way that I can only experience it in a multimedia context. And that's a thinking, as I said, that's, that's evolved. In the early days of us slapping up, you know, stories online, uh, we were excited if we had um, photos and video, and then we got really excited with uh, interactive maps, and wow, if you could have a searchable database. But when I see work like that, and sometimes you'll see work like that that's beautifully laid out and is just a pleasure to consume, but I don't see it as digitally native. So when I'm looking for these uh the, when I was going through the entries, I kept asking myself, is this a digitally native piece? Could I have consumed this information on print or on the radio? And I had a hard time when I started out judging these entries. I started out defaulting to let me read the story. And then I'll go back and click on the other components. And by about three or four entries in, I was like, that's not the way I should be consuming this story. You know, how, how do you guys jump into this when there's like nine parts well, I think that's also part of the argument for what makes a good multimedia story, which is that as the reader or the viewer, I can open it up and I know how to jump into it and experience it seamlessly and the, and, the, and the pieces guiding me through the story. And I'm not having to make a million decisions about, okay, well, what do I read first? Or what do I look at first? Or how do I, you know, do I go to the map? Do I go to the, to the database? Um, that it's clear to me as the reader from the get-go that this is how I should experience this thing and it's going to take me through it. And you see that in the in the um, winners, you know, when you go, go into the story, you immediately know how to experience it. And I think both of, you know, really good multimedia pieces, um, to Maud's point, is they really take advantage of the medium. They understand the medium, whether it's video, photo, and they know how to kind of exploit it to its full extent to create emotion to create understanding to explain complex things and they should all be working in sync together and not feel like disparate pieces and my favorite multimedia pieces as we discussed yesterday are ones that offer multiple entry points into the story um, so you don't have to start at a certain point and read down to another point to understand you can almost jump in willy-nilly where do I want to, you know, do I want to um, 
experience. I, I can't. I'm thinking of our of our best pieces, our winners and our finalists, which we're not going to talk about. Um, but I'm thinking of them as I'm trying to describe this, and and it was a very visceral experience when I opened up those first pieces. I felt like Alice through the looking glass a little bit. Yeah, the the two the two top wins in our category were definitely wins you didn't have to decide where to jump in. It kind of drew you in from the very beginning. And I think you could have experienced the story through just reading it, or you could experience through just watching it, but the two together was what really was the payoff on, on those two entries. What, what did you guys think about in terms of, um, we had some beautiful, beautiful documentaries that were documentaries with maybe two paragraphs of text. Do, does that constitute multimedia to you guys? I think it can. The documentaries are hard for me because, you know, it, it, it's its own medium, but a documentary can also include photo, video. It can include graphics, include motion graphics, it can include, include illustration. So to me, even though it's technically a video, you're sitting and watching something. Um, if, if the entry can demonstrate that they've still used other pieces of media to tell a story, um, that would constitute to me a multimedia. Um, I think the thing that's hardest for me about documentaries sometimes is they feel passive in a way that I don't want to feel when I'm experiencing one of these stories. Um, not that it, there needs to be work to engage with it, but there is some level of, even if it's just scrolling or clicking, that I'm engaging in it with a piece in a different way than I am when I just kind of press play on a video. But that doesn't mean a documentary. I don't think, I think we've chosen documentaries in the past to be winners or finalists in this category. So I don't think that automatically excludes them. And we had several entries that were um, compilations of other media too, that had used past news footage or, or mm-hmm. Twitter feeds or things like that, which I think is interesting too, that they can incorporate those kind of pieces now in terms of the multimedia. Yeah, I think you're looking for kind of creative ways to tell stories through social media, through, you know, reader responses, um, you know, through engaging with the data in some way. I think the the key is just making, not overwhelming the reader with kind of a dump of data that's like, okay, what am I getting out of this? You want to still tell a story. It sounds like you guys were looking for those that were well edited too, that were really selective about what they threw at you, not just like, because you can, I mean, and I've seen them, I'm sure you've all seen them where there's just so many things coming at you. It just feels like this was overkill. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think, and part of the smart editing is making the upfront decisions about how do we want to tell this story and does, does it lend itself to multimedia. You know, there are a lot of great stories out there that people tell that don't lend themselves to multimedia, but are nonetheless great pieces of journalism. Um, I think the top contenders that we saw were people who were quite intentional about how they were going to tell whatever story it was they were going to tell so that they could maximize all of the multimedia potentials. On the flip side, what what were the weaknesses that you saw? I mean, what were the what are the pieces of, of advice that you walk away and think, okay, this this these were the mistakes we saw? Well, you know, I kind of feel like I've been in this so long now. I've watched the evolution of journalism, feeling a little dinosaurish. But you know, in the early days of uh, journalism on the web, we were happy if we put up um, a print story and some pictures. And then, as I said earlier, and then we evolved and, and we would add to it. Some places, and I really think it's more, you know, in the early days as we were all transitioning 
um, to the web. I think it was a conceptual problem. Nowadays, I think it's probably more of a resource issue. Um, we saw some um, entries that you you could well imagine had they had a few more resources, they would have executed you know just that level higher. And then we did see some entries that were um, beautiful to look at, but were much more in the mold of that old school way of story, photo, video. It's, it's nicely laid out. The photos are wonderful. And that's a great story, but it's not necessarily a multimedia story. I agree that there's some, uh, you know, there's there were a number of entries where I was like, if you guys had just pushed this a little bit further, like, you know, done a little bit more um, gathering of the media pieces or thought a little bit, you know, differently about how you're going to incorporate them or how the reader was going to experience it. Um, I think, you know, I, when I first joined the times 10 years ago and I was on our multimedia team, you know, there was just this desire just to like do everything we could and throw it up. And now we're kind of getting to the point where there's the smart editing is really helping us think through what does the story want to tell? What is the framing of the story? How is a reader going to see it and experience it? I think thinking about the audience in a way we haven't before has really helped us create better stories and better experiences. Um, I think this category is still in its like young stages, you know, there's still a lot of people figuring out how to do this. I don't think you need, you know, a 50 person graphics team to create these pieces, but you do need to, as a news organization, hire a couple people who have that visual expertise and who are thinking through stories in this way. Um, and they, they're also really highly collaborative pieces. I mean, even, even one of our winners where there was like, a single journalist technically when you look to the credits there were like multiple video editors and producers and you know other editors so there you know you need to have all your kind of cylinders editing reporting visual people all kind of like working together to pull these pieces there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This together. And to Megan's point, um, we were talking about this yesterday as well. A lot of, I think some, a lot of people, I think, still think of multimedia reporting as, well, there's the story and then there's everything that illustrates it. Um, and I, I think we feel somewhat differently from that. Certainly I do that um, these other elements of multimedia are equal partners in the storytelling process. And in fact, the amount of research that can go in to developing um, these so-called other elements can sometimes drive the story in unexpected directions. I came to really appreciate the landing pages too, like knowing what you're going to get into instead of just scrolling through some copy and then, oh, here's a video on the side or, oh, here's a hyperlink to some documents. I liked when the landing pages sort of spelled out what you could expect and where you could enter the story, you know. And, and it also was like, what you were saying, Mob, was I, I got frustrated on the other hand when I would watch a documentary video and then the next paragraph would be the same quotes that were just in the video. You know, there was an overlap in some of those where I thought you should have saved it for one or the other, right? Like that that was an editing yeah. thing maybe, mm -hmm. but 
What what did you guys, if if at all, what did you think of? Um, how important is the writing in a multimedia project? Um, it's super important, and I think this is one of the pitfalls that places you know have where they may, might have these really amazing photos, really amazing video, and then. Uh, they're like, oh, we want we want these pieces to drive the story, and so it becomes the most important thing. And then even if you have, I see this at, at the times too. When this happens, where like you'll have a great reporter come in, and they'll write be writing to the images, and then it just feels very like caption like um, because they are they're just trying to like describe what's there instead of really letting the reporter also do what they're really great at, which is write. Um, and so I think you the best multimedia pieces also have really amazing text really written really well. And I've, I've worked with a number of reporters where, you know, when we're doing these stories, I'll have them write separately and then we'll kind of pull everything together and they feel very freed because they're like, Oh, I can write in, in the way that I want to write. I can, you know, I can write very politically or I can write about my experience in a way that is not, doesn't feel as static maybe as if I were just writing a straight news story. Um, and I think that's the really like beautiful opportunity with multimedia stories is you can also let really great writers set, set them free a little bit and, and have that writing really match the, the level of the visuals. You want them to feel like they're of the same piece, right? So if you have these really great photos and the writing is just like, you know, Sammy stands on a box. Like, you know, it doesn't feel like a great story, but everything needs to be working together. I know when we started doing it at the um, Tampa Bay Times, it was like, okay, I have a story, and I would have the story pretty much almost done, and then they'd go, oh, what do you have for multimedia? Now it seems like you've really got to conceptualize that stuff from the very beginning, right? Like, Maria's really good about bringing in our whole team of people when we have a project. So we're going to bring in the guy who's going to do the map. We're going to bring in the guy who's going to design it. We're going to bring in the girl who's doing the video. And, and I think that really has helped strengthen the whole project instead of, like, Let's make an add-on. Let's put some bells and well, whistles on it. recognizing that those people are also journalists and experts in, in their own fields um, and that they have things to contribute in terms of reporting and how the information is presented. You know, journalism isn't just writing. I mean, the reporting thing, the reporting is the most important part of it. Um, and even some of the graphics that we saw in our pieces, you know, I mean, the, the reporting that goes into those some of those graphics is insane. And it's, you know, I, I used to be a gymnast and I always think of this when, you know, gymnastics is like one of the most physically demanding sports there is, but you have to make it look easy. Like you can't sweat. And I always think of like really well done graphics and illustrations and visuals as that it's like the, you don't see the work that goes into it because it's, so like seamless and elegant on the on the on the top level um but the work and like sweat that goes into making it is you know really can be really intense and to your point about bringing in all the the stakeholders you know i spend most of my time on investigative journalism and um i have seen multiple examples and probably committed more than my fair share of them where we focused on the writing but i i've was fortunate early, early on in our transition to digital to have an experience that really was a sea change in my thinking in that we were doing an investigation and um, we needed or thought we needed B-roll for the web version of the story. And we sent our videographer, photographer out to get it and he came back. And the reporting that he came back with totally changed how we thought of the story and that was a light switch that went off in my head when I realized 
Multimedia is reporting in a variety of mediums. It's not one medium with a bunch of bells and whistles added on. We did a story at the end of last year about um, immigrants who live in basements in Queens. And it was Nikita Stewart and Ryan Christopher Jones was the photographer. And Nikita, the reporter, did amazing work. But we also had Ryan there who spoke Spanish and was with the main character for a long time. And he ended up doing the reporting we needed to make the graphic and to make some of the map stuff. And then our graphics team also did some of the map reporting. And so like that piece, which would have not been at the level it was if we didn't have those pieces, most of that reporting, you know, came from one of the visual people. Um, so, you know, it was like Nikita, Ryan and, and Evan and Troy working together to kind of make this full picture of this person, you know, and that we wouldn't have had that access if we didn't have Ryan in place. So, so Scripps also has an innovation category and it sounded like you guys had some, some questions about what's, what's in multimedia versus what's in innovation. So. What's an innovation? What is it? Yeah, we, we talked about that yesterday. We talked with the innovation people, too, because it seemed like there was a lot of overlap. Um, I thought Megan had a really good distinction of how she viewed yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I think the innovation category exists because of me. But um, so multi innovation didn't used to exist. And then multimedia would be it is so disparate. And it was even worse because you would get people who would submit like you know, VR pieces or AR, like, uh, and you, you would want to reward some of these pieces because like, oh, this is so cool. I don't know that it qualifies as multimedia, but it's like digital and technical. And there's only one category where that, so that's why you have this kind of grab bag. And so uh, I think the innovation category is a way to reward organizations that are trying new things, experimenting with new mediums, um, and where you're still kind of tr trying to figure out what is a good VR piece. You know, like we're still, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what's a good multimedia piece. So like VR, you know, it's a whole new game. So I think that's a way to reward organizations that are trying new things, even if like the the actual execution might not be where we think it should be. Um, and multimedia is a way to kind of really look at really well executed multimedia stories. We had several that were um, also very investigative stories that broke some news or, or that uncovered some stuff or that changed things. What weight, if any, do you guys give to to that, to, to the investigative part or the result oriented part of a multimedia? Or is it more just how the package is presented? No, I think investigative multimedia um, rises to an even different level. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to do it well. And you see not as many examples of it as I hope we will in the future. There's so much effort that's expanded in investigations in just getting the investigation, getting the get, finding out the information that somebody doesn't want you to find out that you kind of reach the finish line almost exhausted. Um, and and to um, Maria's point earlier, that is one of the strongest arguments for bringing in all the stakeholders at the front end. Because as you're hitting the finish line exhausted from trying to have, you know, secured the GAT, you have all your other partners that are helping you tell the story in new and different ways or thinking of the story in different ways, you know, Everybody who comes from a different slice of our media world, it affects how you think and how you view things. And so um, when I was overseas, for example, I worked very closely with photographers who were covering the story with me. 
primarily because they saw things I didn't see because they were looking through a lens. So I think that's one of the biggest arguments. But obviously for a multimedia investigation, if you don't have the investigative get, it doesn't matter what else you have. What is your guys' view? And I don't know how many of these entries this year were from big organizations versus smaller organizations. But, um, you know, there's always that resource question when you're judging uh, did you feel like, though, that, that this is an area where a smaller newsroom could still pull this off? Because a lot of these bells and whistles are things that, especially younger journalists, grow up. It's very second nature to them. How do you feel about that resource divide? I mean, I, I think that we got a, quite a range of entries from big, small, medium places. And it's nice to see smaller places experimenting. And as I said, I don't think you need, you know... It is a question of resources, but it's a question of the right resources, not a number the number of resources. So if you have a few people who have some expertise in in like technology, graphics, anything, design, um, you can pull some of these things off. And it's also just about being creative. Um, a lot of people can learn how to do an audio podcast, you know, like if you just want to figure it out. Um, I'm not a video editor, or audio editor by any stretch of the imagination. But when I work on stories where we have audio clips, sometimes I'm like, okay, I just got to go cut this thing and make sure it sounds okay, you know, and you just figure it out. And I think it's just that will like finding people and hiring people who have that kind of willingness to kind of play in new spaces and think creatively about, I mean, to me, a story is a problem, you're problem solving, like, how do I tell this thing? Um, and so you just want to teams of people who can, you know, do that. And they don't have to be like the best programmers in the world, but they have to like be willing to figure out how to make something happen. One of the things that I've seen that I find to be very hopeful is that um, when we first years ago started looking at multimedia projects, you had your digitally native organizations that were producing visually stunning pieces that I think would be journalism light maybe. And then you had your more traditional powerhouses that were, you know, delivering the elephant, but were not playing to the strengths of the medium. And I see those two ends of the spectrum merging more. And and we saw even some, quote unquote, smaller um, organizations uh, that were moving in the right direction. So um, I, I see that, I can see that the... Um, that the journalistic heft of the traditional players, I see it bleeding over into the digital natives and the visual beauty of the digital natives I see starting to bleed over into the traditional papers. So what advice would you all have for the 20-something reporter at the small daily paper who wants to do multimedia? What would you say to that person? Um, I would say find partners in the newsroom who are interested in doing these types of stories. They're out there, Um, you know, whether they're reporters, editors, photographers, whoever, you know, I've worked with videographers who are incredible, who want to experiment. I've worked with photographers who do that. I've worked with reporters who are interested. It's just finding those partners who want to experiment and try new things and then just pick a story and go after it, you know, and find a story that, you know, the good visual stories are ones with really good characters where you have access the type of access that you might not be able to get otherwise, um, where you can show things instead of tell. Um, so look for those stories that will give you those, and, or where you can take readers to a place that they might not be able to go otherwise. So look for those qualities in the story and just pick something and do it. I mean, especially if you're at a small 
a small paper where you might have some freedom to kind of play around, um, you know, then you just kind of have to do it. And, and you will have struggles with technology. You will have, you know, uh, your standard reporting struggles. But, you know, give yourself some time and figure it out and, and find people who will work with you. It's a highly collaborative space. And so you just have to learn to work on those teams. And I tell my students, consume good multimedia. So in the same way that we were taught, if you want to be a good writer, read good writing. That's how you learn how to do it, by looking at the people who do it best. And having those conversations early, not Absolutely. not when you're three-fourths the way done with your yes. reporting. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay. If you have a question for Lane or for Megan or Maude, um, or you want to suggest a podcast topic, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E. L-A-N-E at TampaBay.com or find us on our Facebook group. Join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Allison Graves. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.